happened to Muhlenberg? Love Talk Radio. Uh-oh. It's not good. Oh. Fran. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media and the World of Ink Network. This podcast was founded in 2011 by Marsha Casper Cook and Virginia Grenier. Their focus has always been on helping writers reach their dreams by having informative and entertaining shows. You will also hear the latest information on what's new and exciting in the publishing and marketing industry. And the shows will also cover discussions on screenwriting, audiobooks and movies. New to the shows will be the latest style and trends in fashion, as well as nutrition and how Pinterest can add just the right spark of attention you may need for your projects. So, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. You can find out more information about our shows and being a guest at www.michiganavenuemedia.com. Hello? Dick? Hello? Dick, is that you? Yeah, this is Vincent? Yeah. I don't know where our host went. Me too. Oh, oh. I hope Marsha's here. It's her show, you know. know. I'm here. Okay. What what happened to Marsha? Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Yeah. Marsha, are you there? I don't know. Well, she told well, me to co-host she invited, us, she invited us all that didn't show up, you know. She said, we're supposed to talk about cooking. Yeah. This is a very diff- difficult topic for me because I can honestly say I know nothing about it. Me no, too. I'm not quite know sure why I'm here, but we'll, we'll wing it. Um, I actually called. I was telling Marsha I called in. The, well, uh-huh. this had the wrong day, and I called in at 10 o'clock this morning because I thought I was remembering your show at 10 and didn't realize it wasn't until 4, so, you know. Yeah, she just texted me to talk. I am talking. Um, so I don't know how you prepare meals, but I'm very creative, and I know how to <laughs> how to make things. It's called P for pizza, C for yeah. Chinese, and I for Italian, and B for bagel dough. No? How else do you get yeah, more that's, food? That's, that's a good recipe, I think. That sounds uh, That sounds tasty. <laughs> It it works very nicely since I can only well, eat certain things, well, yeah, and I just I, I, you there, Marsha? I don't know. I don't well, know. All I, I know is you know I, I it have works. The feeling. I have the feeling, and I don't know this for uh-huh. a fact, but just because uh-huh. you know he's so prolific in other things, I have this feeling that Vincent probably is a really good cook, uh, and he's yeah. embarrassed us all. But uh, I do like. The I know. With, <laughs> I'm here. With me. I'm here. Isn't oh, it not to, I, are you there? Good. We were worried about you, Marcia. <laughs> Fran and I were just saying, oh my God. We, you know, how we, we really probably don't belong on this show, and I was going to just say the reason. <laughs> well, the reason <laughs> I do is because anytime you call me and ask me to be on the show or Fran, I say yes. And then afterwards okay. I went, cooking? Really? <laughs> it doesn't matter. It makes no You're on next week, both you two are on. All right. That's anyway, true, yeah. hello to everybody. This is... <laughs> this has been the most crazy day for all of us here because we all seem to make it throughout time. All right. We didn't know what time it was, we didn't know what day it was, and now it knocked me off. We're here. So yeah. however long we're on the air, we'll be on next week anyway. All right, Fran is my co host, so there she is. That's a good thing, Fran. <laughs> I'm here. Right, anyway, we're having I right, before I say anything, okay, I just want to say, you know, our hearts are thinking about 
Ukraine. And um, mm-hmm. every week, the last, I think it's four weeks already, we've been talking about this, and I hope it's over soon. And um, we're thinking of them there, and I, I don't even know. There's nothing we can say. I, we, I just hope this all ends because it's very sad. Yeah. And, yeah, um, yeah. and um, I know, Vincent, you've said stuff on your, you know, on your YouTube. So, I mean, it's, this yeah, is how life is I was is just now. there, really. You know, I mean, I was there just before COVID. Mm. It's it's just you know somebody has sent pictures the other day and um, of what it really looked like. My grandmother was from there, and I never really saw. I mean, it is it was so beautiful. It's you know, yeah. So anyway, that's why we need these shows because these shows are just fun. Okay, you're right, Dick. I don't know what we're going to talk. I'm going to talk about cooking, but Fran doesn't cook at all. I don't like cooking anymore. (laughs) But we got two guys that cook. Fran made reservations. Yeah, Fran had a really good, uh, a really good recipe. She just took before yeah, you came I? on, you know. Yeah. Fran, what kind of Which recipe? Is, uh, you have a recipe? It's very, very important. I'll take out. Yeah. It's pee for pizza, domo pizza, <laughs> B for bagel right. dill, M for maguna, and <laughs> E for Enrico's bakery because they make all the stuff <laughs> I can eat. And and I just call them and I tell them this is what I want every morning. I email Enrico's and I go the usual. They're supposed yep. to figure that out. That's right. Well, they know your voice right? probably already. Right? They know your voice. They know me when I call too. They know when I'm heavy. And they go same thing, you know. But I do think men that cook, you know. And I actually, I was looking it up today, but it is interesting. They were saying that a lot of men. And I'm not saying you two, but when they're driving, they don't like to um, get directions. They seem to know where they're going without getting directions. So this guy had a blog, and it was very interesting because I looked at his recipe, and it was so simple because I think sometimes with recipes, I don't want to cook them. I would rather have a shorter recipe or one that makes sense or ingredients that I might have. So you guys, during COVID, Dick, what did you do? Yeah. Did you cook? I think, I think uh, well, you know, I've always, like I said, I, I – I've always kind of enjoyed cooking, and again, I'm talking about like not cooking, you know, uh, for for ten people is a, you know, something elaborate. Well, I'm right. talking about for myself, for myself, somebody else, you know, the kind of thing. Yeah, but I, I've actually, I actually have always enjoyed it. But seriously, with uh, with COVID, I think I certainly with myself, and I think with a lot of people, um, you know, we we you know we did a lot of cooking because that was safer. I mean, I didn't even really do much takeout in the early days of COVID. Right, I right, simply, right. you know, yeah. stacked up at the groceries because nobody knew what you could get anywhere. So I would, right, uh, exactly. st- uh, yeah. you know, stock up at the grocery store and come home and cook stuff. And I also found myself cooking, and I, I think other people did too, cooking stuff that, that might last. So, like, if I cooked a, a casserole or something like that, um, that might last me for two, three days. And I knew I had that. Then I had something else because, right. you know, in those days you were sort of planning, well, you know, you know, days ahead because you just weren't 100 yeah, percent sure when you were going to get to the stores. So, um, and I, I found that I, you know, I, I've continued to cook not as much maybe, but I don't go out to restaurants certainly the way I did, um, and none of us yeah. probably do. So it's uh, it's no. cooking mostly or takeout, and once in a while I'll go out. I think, and Vincent, I know you cook though too, right? I see. You. I do cook. <laughs> I, I do. Yeah. Um, because I live by myself. Uh, well, right now I live, still live with my sons, <laughs> and they they love to cook. So um, we have like oh, three chefs oh, in this house. Everybody, 
cooking their own stuff. <laughs> but um, that'll end soon, so I'll be somewhere else. But um, I think, though, I mean, if I were like you guys and I lived – well, Marsha, do you live right in Chicago? Yeah, well, no, but I live in the suburbs, right, yeah. Okay, so like, like Dick, you're in New York. Fran, you're in New York. Like, if I were you yeah. guys, I'd probably, yes, I probably, I would probably eat out m- almost every night. Yeah. But um, a, I do every day. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you guys yeah, have I such good. No, I don't. I don't. I uh, again, I find uh, I find it enjoyable not only to you know eat food that I put, that I cook myself because I cook it the way I want it. Uh, it's certainly right. a lot cheaper. And, uh, um, but I enjoy the, you know, there is a, and Vincent, you probably, I would think you might share this. I don't know. I, I, there is a certain relaxation in, um, in cooking something that you want to cook for yourself. Um, it's fun. It's fun. And, uh, and and I learned, I learned a long time ago. I mean, I, I had a couple like, you know, like women friends and stuff that I would cook for. And they're like, how do you do that? And I'd say, so much of it is confidence, you know, like you don't sit and worry about it. You just say, well, I'm going to do this. Maybe I'll put some more onions in. I'll do this. Right. I'll add this, you know, um, and it's fun. So I enjoy it. It is. Yep, I agree. Well, I mean, never turned I come, on I mean, the oven the wrong way. How do you turn on the <laughs> oven so that you don't do what I did? <laughs> oh, yes, I did. I made chicken parmesan on and I turned the oven on the wrong way. Well, no, really. How, how did you do that? How does that work? Temperature you <laughs> put it at. So you know, I I, w- I will add this real quickly. Um, I actually live. Uh, I have a. I live basically in New York, but I also have a place in New Jersey. And the one in New Jersey came with a, a electric stove. And the difference between cooking on <laughs> gas and electric is quite dramatic. And I oh my god, for the yeah. gas because the, the electric is like you're never sure how hot it is or if it's off or whatever. You know. No, electric I is do brutal. I like electric, though. I like electric, the way it tastes, the food. Well, I, you shouldn't say, you know, I, I, I do like it, and you know, because maybe that's how I, you know, learned to cook, you know, with electric, I guess. Well, I didn't really learn, because I lived with my parents, you know, and I didn't cook. I made, uh, yeah, I did cook. I made brownies for my father, brownies, and he said, oh, they were wonderful. That's all I ever cooked. My grandmother cooked, you know, and that's always, you know, because and in those days when grandparents would cook and things like that, they didn't give, there's no recipe. It's like a little yeah, right. this salt or whatever, and they put a little in. Mm-hmm. I bet you cook like that, Vincent. Vincent, do you cook like that? Yeah, I bet. I do. I do. I like, yeah. uh, especially if, I, you know, like I cook a lot of pastas and uh, yeah. um, I, I, I've gotten away from like steaks and stuff like that as I've in my mid fifties and you know, um I'll get I'll I'll do sushi an awful lot and um um also we have we we not only have slow cookers in our house but we have um a pressure cooker which I'm just learning. So like we'll make yeah. rice and we'll make I I'll, I did I did pork chops the other night with the pressure cooker and uh that'll is it good? Be, is it good? Oh yeah, you lay that on a, a bed of fresh mashed potatoes and some mm. uh Baked, um, uh, oh, um, I call them fart bombs. <laughs> what are they? Uh, <laughs> uh, the little cabbages. You know, anyway, oh, Brussels sprouts. And, uh, right. you know, that's like, and I always make, uh, one thing and, I and did you know, grow up with is uh, fresh salads. All of us will be picturing that every time they have, uh, every time we see Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts. <laughs> the world. Well, yeah. you, you know, I, I don't know about you, uh, 
since you and I seem to be the only ones that cook here, they, these women aren't cooking at all. Uh, but I also <laughs> make a decision. I also make a decision sometimes based on how much work it'll be. Like, uh, you know, I, I the thing I probably do the best. I have this casserole I learned years ago, which is a kind of a lasagna, but it's got everything in it. You know, all kinds of cheese and and onions and tomatoes. You know, mm. all sorts of stuff. Wow. But it takes. It takes a long time to do it. It takes a lot of effort right. to do it. And when I do it, I'm like, oh, I'm really glad I did this. But but a lot of times, you know, I'll you know, I'll cook you know, do chicken or something just because it's it's it's, right. it's simpler. So um, I think a lot of us it's, it's based on our lives and what and what we're doing. But I have a question for you too, Fran and uh, and Marcia, because you know, as okay. women, um, I, I'm I, I think it's fascinating that both of you both talk about how you not really particularly in, enjoy cooking. And I grew up in a family years and years ago with a, with my mother who, and, you know, in those days, obviously the women were supposed to do all the cooking, and my mother did all the cooking, and my mother was a really bad cook. And my father was an excellent cook, but he never really cooked because the man wasn't supposed to. And I was always like sort of like – it wasn't until years later that I sort of realized this. Like, why didn't I get my father? He was a much better cook. But, I mean, do you, do you – how did you get you two find that? I mean, where, do people expect well, you to cook more than Well, my husband, my husband doesn't do? cook. You know, my husband yeah. doesn't cook. So I used to barbecue all the time until we moved into a place where we couldn't barbecue, and now we can't again because uh-huh. we're in a condo and we can barbecue. But in our houses, when my son was young, I bar- barbecued every night. I just did. Oh, you know, yeah. um, my father barbecued a lot, but he barbecued everything like over barbecued. He liked everything. He used to take like a salami and put it on the grill, and it would be so hard. <laughs> but he loved it, you know. And he everything had to be burnt. But I so I learned how to cook naturally, <laughs> but not to burn things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mine too. Things. Same right? way. Yeah. Yeah. My mother but hated my to cook. Did, Absolutely hated it. Yeah. We ate out a lot when we uh-huh. were kids. We really did. Uh, my father worked late a lot of times, and um, then he would come home, and he was a very interesting eater. You would sit there and watch him because he made everything look like it was great. It was whatever he was eating. It looked like it was interesting. You know, uh-huh. some people eat that way where they have such gusto where they really enjoy. And you know, and some people, if you've seen them eat, you don't even want to, you know, be in the table <laughs> because you lose your appetite. Cause people could eat like you know some people do. You know, but I think for me, I um, I did cook when my son was little, and I really did. And I made pizza, and I used to roll the dough, dough and all of that. But then I realized I'm rolling the dough, and I'm doing all of this, and I could just order a pizza. It's a lot easier, but it was something to do. So, we, you know, I did it. But I, did, I never really enjoyed it. But I do have friends that cook a lot. And Fran, do you Fran doesn't make Fran? Do you make oatmeal? Tell tell them about your oatmeal stories. Oatmeal, <laughs> oatmeal is very difficult because it has to be. We have to put water in it, and sometimes I just don't put the right amount. So Jeff makes but don't me oatmeal. You order it out? But the don't truth of the matter is, is that you used to order it. It's out. not safe. No, I forget. It doesn't help. Um, it has to be liquid because you know I can't have anything that's that's solid to eat because right. of whatever reason. But my dad, yeah. my dad didn't expect me to cook anything. When he came home from work, my mother would say the dishes, the plate is in the in the uh, refrigerator. Don't even go near the microwave because you're going to blow it up again. So <laughs> I would just give him whatever he made. She made. Yeah, I'm serious. And. I pro- I and I made the chicken parmesan, and my sister said, "Don't forget to buy the ingredients." Except that I didn't know what 
um, the, the breadcrumbs were. So I made my original um, breadcrumbs of Wonder Bread with the little white, looked like puff balls, seriously. So she didn't tell me that there was a box. Maybe I'm it's a good, maybe it's, it's probably a good thing you don't cook. <laughs> it's one well, yeah. well, good thing because by the time I turned the oven on the wrong way, I self cleaned the whole thing. I was very proud of myself. You know, you mentioned microwaves, so oh, the microwave is like, but they don't remind me of that. They don't. Don't underestimate, you know, the microwave has uses. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I wouldn't put in the microwave, you know, like cooking, you know, various meats and stuff like that. But I have, like, I have my original microwave from, like, 1982. It's huge. It came with this giant <laughs> recipe book. And I still, I still, you know, make recipes. You know, there's pastas and egg dishes and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's it really easy to do in the microwave as long as you know, as long as you pick the right foods to put in there. You know, a lot of stuff <laughs> right. is not good. Yeah. I, I never, I, you know, because sometimes, right, there are ways, you know, and they do give you, they do say directions on the pasta, but to me it just seems like right. it's just put the pot in, it's the same thing. If you put the pot on the stove or you put the pot in the microwave, you know. Well, I, no, but, so it, but there's it, things that are different. It turns out like, good. Like something, is, something as simple as like, you know, like one thing is, you know, it's getting warm and I love, you know, you love going to the farmer's market or whatever and getting things and like one of the things is corn on the cob. Well, if you cook corn on the cob and you boil the water and you put it in, and it be, that's a big deal. You microwave right. it's like in for a few minutes, and the the husk comes right off. It's really simple to do, and it tastes it. just as good. Really? You're absolutely wow. right. Yep. Yeah. It, one minute. Yeah. One minute. You cut the ends off. You throw it in there for one minute. I think it's one minute, and uh, it might be a minute and a half. It depends on your microwave, yeah. but uh, it t- to me, it tastes better. Also with the microwave, um, you can make really excellent fluffy um, scrambled eggs. Yes, 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 yes. I've done that. Vincent. Okay, so, so let's say yeah. how do you do? Yeah. Let's talk about how do you do it because a lot of people might be listening and just saying I wouldn't do that. You know, putting putting I have done this, but talk about how you've done. What? This. How do you do scrambled eggs? Water egg? or milk? Yeah. No, <laughs> okay. For how well, long? Well, I, I start with I start with a roux. No, I'm just kidding. Um, just one egg I'll crack into into a uh, microwave-safe, you know, um, container or whatever, and uh, I'll add just a little bit of milk, a little salt and pepper, maybe a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of water, and then whisk it all up. And uh, I think I put it in for about a minute. And uh, it's really good. It's healthier because there's no – you're not frying anything or anything like that. Right, and, um, right. That's and put that on a piece of, like, um, harvest bread or something like that, and it's you're good to go. Well, you know, I actually have a and I have a, a special egg dish for the microwave that uh, that I've actually done for years, and you know, for more than one person, if you you know, a couple people, it and it's uh, you know, it came it came in my microwave book, but it's it's basically, um, you know, you take you take your eggs, whatever I think you use about five or so, and then you put in uh, maybe some a little bits of ham in it and some cream cheese and milk, and you mix it all up. Right. And then you make sure you don't overcook it on the microwave because you don't want it dry. And uh, right. it comes out, yeah. like, like Vincent said, I mean, it's tasty, it's fluffy, it's, uh, it's better yeah. than you could mm. cook on the, on the oven. So you've got to be careful with eggs yeah. in the microwave, though, you know. Yeah, you can kill them. Yeah, because it doesn't take long. You know, but, you know, it's very interesting because, like, people, you, you know, you're both authors and Fran's an author, I'm an author. But, you know, when you really are listening to you two guys talking, I mean, you know, these are things that people want to know about people because they think maybe, oh, they go to a restaurant and everybody serves them. 
you know, they yeah. don't do anything at home. You know, that's what people probably think. You know, in all my, most of my books, people say, how, I have, I usually have, my characters have housekeepers. <laughs> they right. Maybe there's something to that. I don't know. But so right. in your, so is making characters, do you think, I think that makes a good character when they do cook or they do regular things. So people oh, know they're regular people are characters. Yeah. Sure. I think uh, the greatest well, so, the greatest character of all who was a great was, who, was Spencer, right? Right, Dick. Exactly. Um, yeah, there you go. He, was, he would always have a, a recipe oh, yeah, he'd yeah. be tossing in there, and he and the best part to me about cooking in the evening is having a couple of beers or a glass of wine, all that sort of. stuff. I mean, I love doing it that yeah. way. Throw on some music, you know. Um, I, I really enjoy that. And you know, when I was in. My last, I'm always talking about my relationships, right? And my last relationship, um, the, the person in particular, the woman, did not like to cook. And she did, also didn't even enjoy eating. So she, at 5 o'clock, she'd microwave something to death and eat. And I'd be like, why don't you, like, hang around and we can cook together around 7, have a glass of wine, shoot the shit for what, you know, about how, how was your day, yeah. highs, lows, and we'll make a nice meal and then enjoy it by candlelight. And, and, you know, and she's like, oh, you know, you're high if you think I'm going to do that. You know, so, but see, to me, it's all about the experience. It's not only about the experience of cooking, it's about the experience of eating it, too, and enjoying it with somebody or whatever. But, we, you, know. you know, Vincent no, I, I mentioned think... the Spencer stuff, and, and I think the, the funny thing of that, too, as I recall, was uh, Susan Silverman, his longtime, you know, lo- uh, love. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know where you're going with this. She didn't like to cook, you know. So. No, she didn't like to yeah. eat much, either. That's right. That's right. And Spencer, um, I know, you know, and one thing I'm I'm curious about you is, so one thing when I, when I do, when I'm writing one of my books and, and I have the character eating something, I almost always, I realize thinking about it, uh, have them preparing something that I prepare because I guess I just feel more authentic. So, so like I'll have them making pasta, like I make a pasta or the egg dish I was just talking about. Um, and I think that helps because, you know, like Spencer, like you said, does it really well, but sometimes it could be done badly and then it kind of stops you in the book. Yeah, yeah, well, Claire yeah, yeah, yeah. was complaining the other day that she was gaining weight from too many, uh, too much, too much ice cream or chocolate pies or whatever. That she her jacket was tight. So yes, yes. Uh, when like, she went out to like, dinner, you're the only person here that's read that book, Claire. Uh, I mean, uh, Claire. Uh, I read. I read <laughs> half of it. Advanced book. Is that coming out till October? You, I still don't have my copy. I told you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I have. To, I read half of it, and then somebody had the nerve to send me one that I have for an interview I have to do, and I said oh, I'd no. rather read your book. It's so sad. I'm going to finish it later. Don't worry. In between helping my niece with occupational the oxygen therapy, that's my next call. Oh, oh that's not exciting. You know, and so they. You know, this is not you know, really. <laughs> they do say they do say that um, women do women like when men cook. I mean, they do say that. You know, mm-hmm. and I think. Right. You know, and so I was looking when I was looking stuff up today. Just you know, I like to see what's going on. And they were talking about what women think, and women think that men they're more sensitive, creative, successful, worldly, generous, multidimensional, and skilled. You know, when you can cook, it shows a woman that. So you would, so it does matter because they do all these surveys for a reason because women, you know. I think a lot of women do like this, and so Vincent, you—that's your thing. So no wonder that you have all these women friends that come over. Yeah, they like your cooking. 
Um, and they say that see, you, to me, to me, you know what? To me, to me, it takes one of the one of the main ingredients of anything you cook, and I, um, I, it, it, the main ingredient is is love. You have to you have to add love to it. It can't be a chore. Right. Um, and so, yeah. like, I have another another friend, and when she cooks, <laughs> you know, it's like, wow, throw it in the pan, boom, throw it on the plate, you know, eat, tiny. And I'm like, that, that's not how you cook. I'm like, that's not cooking with love. That's cooking for right. utility, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and she's like, you know what, I've been working all day, you know, and you're home. But you know, you're you home, you, you know, writing all day. You know, did you do the laundry? No. You know, like. Yeah, you know, romantic Cause, comedies cause are all We don't have real jobs there. Yeah. <laughs> Romantic the, the, comedy. The other, the, I, I, I think there's two, two, two things that I've noticed in, you know, in my very long life of doing this, and one of which is um, you know, this idea of men cooking and women not. I mean, obviously that's totally acceptable now because people can pretty much do what they want. But you know, when I was a yeah. kid growing up, as I said, I mean, you know, my mother was expected to cook because she was the woman. Um, that's not, you know, that's, you know, that's not the case now. People can much more do what they want. But I mean, the other thing is yes. the options are so much more because it's not just. I mean, you know, you talked about you used to get a pizza, but I mean now, you know, with Grubhub and all these, you know, you got a million things yeah. right. you can order. But beyond that, uh, I mean, you, I, what I often will eat if I'm not cooking is especially if I'm outside the city where you have like a nice big supermarket, you go to a supermarket and they've got all these foods that they've cooked mm-hmm. and prepared and you just, you know, right. they're like home-cooked meals. You just take them home. It is, And true. they're, yeah. and they're yeah. wonderful. And, and that, that, those options really have just, you know, expanded so much in recent years. So, yeah. you know, right. you don't have to cook unless you want to. And I'm like, That's Jason right. is, I think, I cook when I feel like I want to cook, which is actually quite a bit. Right. Right, right. I, no, I, I couldn't say it better. Now. Absolutely right. And the and the ingredients. If you buy fresh ingredients now, sometimes it's even more expensive than the the prepared meals mm-hmm. at the at the yeah, at the yeah, mega market. Yeah. You, yeah. you know, yeah, it's just that true. then you miss out on the enjoyable experience of cooking. You know. Well, I, I'm going to well, add we, one other thing that's only important because I live in a New York City high rise, uh, and that is something we haven't talked about, which is cleaning up. And uh, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, yeah. In yeah. my New York City high-rise, they do not allow us to have dishwashers because, of, I don't know, the water pressure or something. Really? So after mm-hmm. it's really? done, I have wow. to actually, like old school, you know, hand wash. Now, wow. we're, we're, uh, outside the city where I live, uh, you know, wow. you put in a dishwasher and it's great. So that, that, does, <laughs> that does cut back the fun a little bit because you've already eaten that the meal. That is true. And uh, yeah, because when you now cook, you're like, oh, I've got to clean up all these dishes. Yeah. Well, you have to learn the other recipes. P for paper plates and paper cups. It works. Too. I use those a lot. I use uh, no way, friend. No way. I'm not eating that here. Okay. I have. I have a question. I have a question for Mr. Belsky. Um, Dick. Now you were in Vietnam, and uh, before you yeah. became a um, a, a famous yeah. journalist. Um, right, right. What, what would, And I've been to Vietnam. I've been to Cambodia, and and uh, right. um, and and I've roughed it. Um, and the food is delicious there. However. So I, I understand you probably you probably had your MREs at one point, but did you ever like, you know, maybe go into Saigon and get like enjoy like pho or anything like that? What was the experience, food experience like for you there? Yeah, Vincent and I, yeah. we we exchanged a couple of notes on this right before we came in about because he asked me and I said uh, let's talk about it. Well, I have two Vietnam food things to tell you. Number one, 
is I almost I came very close to being a cook. That being my job in Vietnam, which <laughs> which means that that had Whoa. happened, I probably would have had a Whoa. much different discussion with you now. And fortunately, <laughs> it didn't. And what happened in Vietnam at the height of the war was, uh, uh, you know, what you definitely did not want to be is be out in the field. And I I wound up working like in an intelligence unit, but it. But I was supposed oh. to be a journalist. I went over there as a journalist, and they kept oh, moving. When I got there, they kept they kept moving me further north in the country and saying, "Oh, we're going to send you here. We're going to send you here." And eventually, I got to a to a place that you probably know of. There's uh, called Pleiku, which is very close to like the Cambodian border. And yeah. north of that, there was one more stop, was a place called Dak To, which was the worst place in the world to go because they were getting like bombarded every night by mortars. And I got to Pleiku right. and. Uh, the a a master sergeant there found out that I could type, and he said, "Okay, you're going to be a clerk typist here." And I said, "No, no, no, no. I'm a journalist. I'm a seventy-one Q twenty or whatever my thing was. I'm a journalist, you know." And he looked at right. me and he said, "You can be a clerk typist here, or you can be a cook at Docto." And I said, "I'm a clerk <laughs> typist." So, <there. laughs> yeah. so yeah, good I passed on my chance to be a cook in the army. See, but look, look I'm at the road right. on 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 Cambodian and and Vietnamese food and all that. Um, I am probably the only person, Vincent, in the entire city of New York who does not like Chinese food. I mean, everybody I've ever known, oh, every woman I've ever known, best Chinese, know, I love Chinese China. food. Yep. And uh, part, the, I believe, part of the reason for that was. Um, where we lived, we lived in these things called hooches, which were kind of, you know, right. you know, whatever. Yeah. And um, yeah. Vietnamese nationals, I mean, the ones on our side, the South Vietnamese, would actually come and work. You know, they'd have cleaning people come in, and they would do all the, the work in the camp. And when they would have lunch, a bunch of them would, you know, we were there, we'd be doing what we were doing, and they would cook this raw fish or what they wouldn't cook, whatever they did. But... We would come back to the place, and it would just reek of, like, you know, raw fish and all this stuff. And oh, it was so right, horrendous yeah. that I just have never been able to uh, enjoy Asian food. So that, that's my right. casualty from Vietnam, which has destroyed my ability no, but that, to enjoy but that the food. Would make sense. <laughs> that would make sense. Because in that time, I think that would be right. It's not like you're looking at a luxurious Chinese restaurant. I mean, you're, it's out in the right. open, it's, all that. Yeah, it's yeah. just something that I never, um, when I came back, I was just, no, I don't like this. And, again, you know, I don't know anyone in my world here in New York that doesn't like Chinese. I don't know anyone, and I'm the only person. Well, did you, know, you ever notice, joke, though, but, uh, have you noticed in every, all the series, all the TV, I noticed they're always eating Chinese food with, mm-hmm. with uh, chopsticks. They seem to have that oh, scene yeah. where they're all working late sitting there eating chop suey. Yep. They're not yep. eating, like, right. you know, if they're at home, they're eating chop suey. They don't even eat pizza anymore. They eat chop suey. And it just, and chop much suey. because it may be. That's the New York Convention? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know, um, look, in Cambodia, I, I stopped at this this place. It's They call it, like, Bug City. Insect City or something like that, and uh, yeah, I hey. ate um, oh, tarantulas. God. This is not good. <laughs> Fried tarantula. It was it was actually quite good, and oh. uh, also red ants. Oh my god! Oh boy. Well, you know, Vincent, when we were in Vietnam, we were actually warned uh, not to like uh, not to go to someone's house or you know, like uh, like a local oh, person, sure. uh, because a couple sure. of people did, and they got deathly ill. The reason being, yeah. you know, it's kind of like they're used to all the. The, 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 the dirt or whatever, yeah. the, you know, the stuff, right. bacteria yeah. in their food. But, um, yep. but you know, we're not. And uh, 
Because right. the sanitary right. conditions there were just, you know, were, you know, I mean, talking about outside the base with like a private home, and I was in a couple of them, and uh, and right. I and I knew a few people that got really really sick because they were trying to be nice and they got invited yeah. to somebody's house yeah. and they went and they ate. Right. Um, so you you had to be, you know, it's kind of like going to Mexico or whatever. You kind of got to be careful, I guess, what you eat because it might not be right. um, good for your system. I yep. think we lost yep. I got sick. Bug City, Fran. Do we lose you in yeah. Bug City? I, believe it or not, I mean, I've been all throughout India and Nepal and, you know, like oh. I said, Vietnam, Cambodia, all those places, China. Um, the only place I've really gotten severe food poisoning was in um, um, Central America. And mm. uh, it was, um, I, I just thought, like, it was one of those situations, you're lying under the ceiling fan, you're full of sweat, mm-hmm. and th- things are coming out of you that shouldn't be coming out of you without going to the emergency <laughs> room. And um, and it, it it was one of those like like if I died yeah. right now, you know, like it would just be a pleasure. Okay. You know, yeah, and then like okay. within 24 hours, I'm like opening up a beer. You know, once it's out of your system, it's done. Why am I not shocked by that story? I'm not shocked by it at all. You know, no. you probably you have all these experiences that go in your books. I that's for sure. I guess in, in yeah, yeah, in my, especially my Chase Baker books. Yeah, I'm heading to Turkey next week, so that should be interesting wow. as well. Wow, really? I just I just picked yeah. up I just picked up 500 or 500 Turkish lira, which is worth about thirty five dollars. That's how debased <laughs> the currency is. Wow. So, but when you well, is, is it safe? I mean, now is that not great? Yeah. Right now. Uh, Istanbul, you know, in particular, is on the Black Sea, and it's where the um, yeah. uh, the Strait of Marmara. It's where the the Russian ships are coming in and out. Um, and uh, I'm sure, um, you know, if it if it was anything like being say up in Venice, in in um, in relation to like Croatia and all that sort of stuff, um, probably hear some stuff, you know. And of course, yeah. Dick, you can back this up. If 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 someone makes the stupid decision to to uh, to detonate a tactical nuke, that'll be quite the show. Yeah. Oh my God. God. Well, I'm just curious that you know. So, what is? Uh, why do you like to do it? What do you do? Is it all this travel for your writing, or just because you enjoy it, or what's it for? It's kind of all of the above, but I mean, but to me, um, like it does. It goes in all my Chase Baker books, and mm-hmm. uh, that's that's my action adventure series, and like you know. Yeah. When I wrote when I wrote about like lying in the sarcophagus, in the third pyramid, all alone, I was all alone in it, in the building because it was at the tail end of the revolution. Like, and when I write about that in the book, like I, I did that, you know. Yeah. Um, and when I in the gold golden condor, when I talk about uh, um, trekking through the Amazon jungle, all that sort of stuff, you know, I did that. You know, and uh, yeah, no, uh, I and God Boy takes place in Nepal and in the jungle and and where you know I, I I've been there and done, so I can say that I've done that and and right. and this Turkey trip I'm doing a four by four all the way to uh, this as far as I can get to Syria. Do you have you can a get favorite 150 place? miles there. What's that? Do you have a favorite place? Do you have a favorite place that you really uh, love? Oh well, my favorite yeah, my favorite place is always Florence, Italy, but you know. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes when you're in Florence, it might as well be uh, Hoboken, New Jersey, or near, you know, like near. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite city out of anywhere, though, however, is still New York. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But you know, and uh, Paris, I love as a city as well. But I don't like to be in Paris alone. I think Paris, you should share with somebody. Yeah. Um, huh. You know. Yeah. Um, but 
you know, your your yes. comment about right, the a, writing right. what you writing the having lived what you write. I mean, I I certainly do it much less uh, ambitiously than you, but I, I I I follow the same principle, which is I find it very difficult, and I try never to write about a situation that I haven't actually uh, experienced myself, whether it be right. you know in a city or something. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, apart from the fact that it makes it better. I, I'm always worried about you, you just make mistakes too. You know, like you you write something like yeah. I always think like like if somebody wanted to write about New York and they read about New York, I probably would find stuff in there. They say, well, that's not right. You know, because it's it's not right. that you can always just Google or anything. So, um, right. I I really I really get that. You know, um, I think I think it's yeah. important for most authors to to actually experience what they're writing about. I think it comes through in the in the I books. Think so too. I think yeah, so I'm too. Not and much I think traveler. What, no, what a lot of people don't get is that there are what, what a lot of people don't get is that there are places on the planet, and I've been to like two or three of them. Uh, one one was in, in um, Benin, Africa, where I was working for RT, and the other one I think was even in Vietnam, um, um, where you can't get away from a stink from a stink that's so bad, like b- yeah. between like. Um, you know, human waste and everything else. Um, India was another place in Faranasi, but um, yeah. you can, like people who just Google stuff. You can't convey that there is nowhere to go to avoid like a smell that is giving you a gag reflex. Yeah, um, right. you know, yeah. It, yeah. It, it's, you know, so like that's the kind of thing you can put in a book that you wouldn't get otherwise. Right. Yeah, that's well, true. If I if I were going to write about Vietnam. Uh, Vincent, and I have written about yep. Vietnam because I've written about people going back to Vietnam. And the two things that I remember were number one, uh, the heat. And, I, and I'm not just talking about the yeah. heat. And somebody, I, I was talking to somebody who went over there with me, and he said, "Do you remember what you said?" And it was like when I we got, when I got off the plane, the plane landed at like Tonsonud Air, Air Base outside Saigon, and the doors opened, and he walked out, and it was just like a furnace hit you in the face. You know, the, yeah. the incredible. I know that exactly. And, and yep. then, and then the second thing was where I spent most of my time, which was Pleiku. I spent a bit of time other other t- cities, but most like ten months of it in Pleiku. And Pleiku, it's rain and mud. It was just rain and mud all the time, right. you know, which you don't necessarily oh. think of Vietnam. But yeah, so you experience those things, and those are the memories you have. So I could write about, I could write about Vietnam and know that I'm being authentic about it. Absolutely. Right, and, right. and yep. that's the thing, right? When people do movies. When they do movies, and you know, and you see them, and you go, "This is not the way it should be," you know. I mean, you see it right off the bat if you're from there, you know. But if you're not, yeah, right. you don't know the difference. And it happens a lot, you know. Even with the concentration camps, I was just watching this movie, uh, mm. "I'll Find You," it's, and it was such a, it was such an intense movie. But when they got to the concentration camps, because I had written a Holocaust survivor story, I felt like. Her words were in my head while I watched them there because the same things that they were showing was what she had told me, and it was it was a really weird feeling inside because that the person I talked to was there. So then by seeing it, whoever when they wrote that movie and did it, it was real. I mean, they they knew what they were doing. It was somebody that actually knew, you know, yeah. about Bergen-Belsen and concentration camp, you know. And so I think that matters. You're right. It does matter. Where, you know, I mean, on a much more less dramatic way, I mean, it could, yeah, and you can have spent time. Um, I've, uh, I think, writing about um, 
Southern California, especially Los Angeles, um, is difficult for somebody yeah. like myself in New York. Now, uh, I spent 10 years working for Star Magazine, and that involved me going out to L.A. a lot. So I would maybe spend, go out for a couple trips, a couple days, you know, spend time in right. L.A., Beverly Hills, and all that. So and I kind of thought, I, you know, I know enough about it. So I'll have my character go to L.A. at some – I've never written a, a book based in L.A., but I've had my character go to L.A., and I once had the opportunity, and this is, you know, I mean, the great Sue Grafton agreed. To, I asked her if she'd read my book. I met her at something, and she did. And she got back to me, and I was like, Christ, because she said, you don't have L.A. right, you know, or something. You don't have – it's not quite right, the L.A. stuff, because she was so, you know, into L.A. and the Southern California, yeah. Kim Tim Malone. So I then got a um, a friend of mine who had worked in L.A. for a lot of years and he, to this day, will read my books to make sure that I have all the L.A. stuff down. And right. I was, was very – yeah. yeah. I was always very – you know, like that was interesting. Like like I thought I knew L.A., but I didn't really – not like I know New York. I sort of knew it, right. but I right. sort of knew it from the outside, not from the inside like somebody who's been there and lived there. Right. 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 Because when I, I, I don't Chicago think I've ever written about London. L.A. myself. Yeah. Yeah, I've written about Chicago restaurants that I've been to, and so I add that now in my yeah. books. You know, Michigan oh, okay. Avenue. Well, that's my, you know, that's why I have Michigan Avenue Media because I, that's one of my favorite places is Michigan Avenue Media of Michigan Avenue. So I know it, you know, and so I think that's it's like comforting, you know, if you've been there. But it, you're right. I think it's much better if you've been to a place that you can feel for. But you know, look at. I mean, a lot of times people really do a good book. On some place they've never been, but they research. I, I you know, they get awards uh, yeah. and whatever, and it happens, you know. But well, well there's know, certain and, authors that do a lot of that. I know um, I've interviewed, uh, I, you know, I've seen them. I've interviewed Steve Barry, who does a lot of you know historical and rounding. And I mean, he spends like months, you know, like researching and going to places and doing it. But that's that's not the kind of writing I do, so it's, uh, right. it's just yeah, I don't. Right. It's just different. Fran, everybody used is, to be on your show a lot, Fran. Yeah, I don't read him. I don't uh, review him anymore. I can't say why. Um, okay. What can I say? <laughs> you just said it. <laughs> no, it has no, I don't know what happened. I just got an email from. I asked for a book, to be honest, about four years ago, and the publisher said that. Um, we, we 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 don't want you to review for us anymore. And here I saved three three dates for uh, an interview for him. He didn't say anything, and they said that um, they didn't like something one of my reviews, which happened to have been really good. I said wow. if he had a problem with my review, I don't have to change anything. I'm a reviewer, but since who it is, if he explains why, I would agree to fix it. So I wasn't where I was nasty, and she was as nasty as anything. We didn't like what oh, she said. And I looked, I looked for the name. review, I and I'm he used saying, to be on your show a lot." Yeah, yeah. I said this was this was a brilliant review. It was really, really good. Well, you, I said, you, you know what? People don't and, always understand the research. So yeah. what I did was I looked up the topic that he researched, and I added it at the end. So what can I say? Yeah. So wow. they don't love me anymore. That's but okay you because write, you don't write nasty reviews, friend. I mean, I think not I in think a million said, years. No, if you don't like something, you don't review it, right? Yeah. Well, actually, you're right because last two weeks ago, I did receive a book, and I looked at the book, and I had my husband look at it, and I said, "There's something about it was about Israel and Palestine, 
and it was the guy. He never. We didn't give common ground. He just gave one side. So I emailed him and I said, "I'm really sorry, but I can't review your book. Um, it's well documented, well researched. There are people that think it's wonderful, and I'm going to have to pass." I could not put Ooh. my name on it at all. And yeah. people did say yeah. that they disagreed with what he wrote, and I wasn't going to even deal with it. He was uh, totally against uh, Israel, against. Yeah. Um, it be hard to was, do. Right. No, it's hard to. Yeah, yeah well, it yeah. was really kind of sharp. Yeah. And I said, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to be mean. I just won't do it. He said, oh, thank you for the feedback. <laughs> what can I say? Yeah. No, I won't write it. For you, Fran, he canceled him. Yeah, I did. He didn't particularly Good like it. But you know what? I, I I won't I won't do that and I won't write a negative review because somebody might like what the person wrote and pan it. Yeah. You know, so I don't yeah. pan right. people's work. And there are a couple that I you know I'm reading and I'm saying I have to interview the author, so I always look for you know something positive. But me, I write about the South Bronx because that's where I grew up. Right, and, and I write about Albany seventy five percent of the you know, time. Yeah, and it's always, you know, people enjoy that, you know, and that, you know, I think, you know, the world is changing more as every, every day, you know, because people, you know, even because of Facebook and the Internet, we all are from different places, and then we end up, you know, I've interviewed so many people, and all of you have been all different places, but we all met, and none of us would have met mm, unless right. we have things like this now, you know, right. and so we learn sure. from each other, and people that write in like from Idaho, Wyoming, Chicago, whatever, we all have our own flavor that we bring to a book. You can't help it. We live in certain places. You know, it comes out. Right. You know, so I think that's the good thing because so many people have met people that are authors, especially that we, and we all have a lot in common because we love writing. And we just, that's why I like to do these shows because people like to hear what authors are like rather than just hear what they're writing, you know, and they, they don't right. know certain facts about us that they really enjoy. And I think that's one of the problems when they used to have book signings in, you know, Barnes mm-hmm. and Noble, Fran and I had talked about this and all these places, people would get to know the authors, you know, yeah. and want to be there to listen to them. And it wasn't always just about the book. They would ask questions. So I think that's well, what these shows do. One of, you know, one of the things that I've, really enjoyed and you know like i'm an author like sort of you know i'm not you know obviously the you know like the big bestsellers and and but um i've gotten to know uh a number of them both because i do interviews for the big throw magazine and also if i go to conferences and it it really is amazing how um, many of them including the biggest ones are really interesting nice people i mean you can talk to them i mean like lee Mm -hmm. Lee child is a perfect example i mean he's like totally unpretentious like you know, um, and, you know, there's a guy who should be, you know, uh, pretentious. And there's a lot of others I've talked to, and you're, you're, you're kind of amazed at how, uh, just how, how interesting people they are. And then every once in a while you come across somebody, they, the opposite, like, you know, you're talking about it's just somebody who's just, you know, they're not that nice, they're not that interesting, and you mm-hmm. kind of um, think, well, you know, sure. I don't think they're as good a person as they are. I mean, maybe they're a good author, but I don't like them as a person, you know. Right. right, right. You have to yeah. interview yeah. all these people too. I have to be really yeah, careful yeah. when I interview people because I don't know. You know who's really amazing, and he's one of the big ones, Philip Margolin. He's great. Yeah, he loves yeah. me. I've been on As a show matter, of, but you know, but you have, but you know, because you go by questions, like uh, you know, 
like Virginia and I, when we first started this like 13 years ago, um, we, you know, people would say, you know, we're going to give you questions. So Virginia would definitely say absolutely not because that's not who we are. She would interview the same way I do. And so there's differences because I like people to just talk and then they can ask each other questions. That's my show. Your show, Fran, Mm -hmm. gives the people the inside info on the book that they're trying to sell. And so there are different shows for that, you know, and a lot of people can do both, you know, because people want, like, they really do love authors, I think. You know, we're all talking (laughs) about authors and movies because we like that. Well, you know, it's funny, Dick, because I called a medical office yesterday to ask a question, and the guy said to me, who did you interview, who are you interviewing? They actually know who you are. They know who Vincent is. They know who Iris was, and I was totally impressed that the guy that we answered the phone actually knows who you are. Well, everybody knows who you are, because I tell everybody anyway. I mean, it's amazing. (laughs) It's good to know. It's always good to know. Yeah, it is. It's Uh, amazing. These are are people that I didn't think read. And then I have to go somewhere on um, Monday, and the girl said, if you want your appointment, you have to bring me reading material. So I, I was like, they're bringing them. Well, they, yeah, they're gonna. I'm gonna bring some of your books, and yeah. Great. Well, it's like great because this is the way that people want it, and I give away the books to the to the porters in my building, so they're in foreign countries now, and everybody's reading them. Yeah, like, I've had know, situations like, like that. I'm sure you have too, Vincent, where somebody has said, "Oh, somebody gave me your book to look at, and I really loved it, and you know, whatever. I'm gonna buy yeah. buy more." Yeah. But I just want to say one, you know, we were talking, Marsha and, and Fran has talked about it too, just the idea that people like to know more about the authors. And I know people, you know, a lot of people, friends of mine, relatives and stuff who, who do, but even more than they like to know more about the authors, they really, really like it when they when they like the author personally, you know. And, and another yeah. example, if I have a cousin yeah. in Cleveland, yeah. and she, would, yeah. she, want, she was amazed that I knew um, Charles Todd. You know, and of course his mother, Caroline, you know, who he wrote was just recently died. But they had, you know, and I got to know him at a concert. I had had a meal with him and things like that. And I was telling, and they went, oh, my gosh, you know, like he came to some little library. I mean, not even a bookstore, some library in Cleveland. There was like a handful of people. It was him and Caroline. And and my cousin said he was just so patient. He talked to everybody. Everybody thought, what a wonderful person. You know, I think people really love that. When you get to know an author that you like and they yeah. realize yeah. this person is, like, not only interesting, but is also a really nice person. Right. Yeah, I think I think they – right. And I think, you know, and I do think – you know, Fran, you, you interviewed – I did, too, uh, the um, – I can't think of her name. She did V.I. Warshawski and from Chicago. Sarah Peretsky, I'm I'm reading her new yeah, book Sarah now. Peretsky. Yeah, Sarah Peretsky. She right, and she used to go to reviews. You know, she used to go to bookstores, and it, she talked to everybody, and it yeah. didn't matter who you were, and they loved her right. because she yes. was just not an author; she was a person to them. And I think and that's one of the things people are lacking now because there are no book, you know, as many bookstores signing. Very few, and yeah. you know, yeah. And during COVID, though, I think people got to you know. I'm sure a lot of us, people were online and we were, you know, people that we didn't know or know, know who we are now because we're, they see us a lot. We've had a lot more time to be online and doing different things than we would have normally done, you know, and it was just right. a time where everyone was in, you know, except you, Vincent, you were traveling. You travel. I, you go. I did. I managed to speak <laughs> out a couple of times and I got to Europe, but, uh, yeah, no, this is all true. Um, 
it's funny, the different personalities so many authors have, like, and you yeah. notice it at conferences, and, and I've told this story before, um, you know, and it's just the truth, because, like, part of my, well, first of all, one of the reasons I started The Writer's Life was just so people could see me, you know, it, you know and see what I'm like, see me talk, and, and, right. and, and give my opinions about it, and share my adventures, and things like that. I didn't want to do a how-to thing or anything like that, but... But it was funny, like, when when I, during the, th- the Thriller Fest, um, back when I mm. won the Thriller Award, it was an interesting dynamic to see, like, so the authors who came up to me, um, including, like, Scott Turow and, and Clive Cusser, and yep. genuinely yep. Mm-hmm. were like, congratulations, dude, that, that, really, congratulations, good for you, and, and whatever. And then some of the people I was with who were, like, at my publishing house, you wanted to see the daggers come out. It was unbelievable. Yeah. And and, yeah. and I was like, you know what? I, I, I don't think I'm coming back to this for a while because yeah. it was – and mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to mention any names. But I was like – there were a couple people that were, like, op- a couple authors who were openly hostile about it. And I was mm-hmm. like yeah, – one, one, one thing that didn't yeah. help was that um, – I was sitting at one publisher's table, but I won the book that another. I won the book on behalf of another publisher, and mm-hmm. in doing yeah. so, um, another person from from said publishing house was up for it, and so he got knocked out or whatever. But but still, hey, you know, like what, what can you do? You know, this isn't a zero right. sum game. We all want success for everybody, and as far as I'm concerned, like Dick, when I see you on on Netflix, I'm like. Oh my God! I freaking know this guy, you know, like, and he's the nicest guy, he's the most supportive guy. You and Salzburg yep. and all those guys. Yeah. I'm like, you guys are like right. my my heroes. I've said it before, and I mean it, you know. You know, and I've and I've I think gone I think to, it's a good thing. Yeah, I think most authors are that way. I mean, I've gotten to know. Um, I mean, I stopped working full time in news about six years ago, seven years ago, and I, you know, with the conference stuff, I have gotten these friends and writers and stuff this group of us we all you know we all have fun we do this but everybody is so supportive you know we go to the conferences so right. like if if one wins yeah. an award everyone is genuinely happy for that person you yeah. know or they stand yeah. up for that yeah. person um it's not it's yeah. i mean look would i if 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 vincent wins an award and i don't would i rather win the award than him yes yeah, honestly yes but oh, sure. if, yeah. if, if i can't win it, so you know um, right. i think yeah. i think that is very genuine and with a lot of with a lot of authors certainly the majority of authors yeah. that i know yeah yep yeah I and agree i think with you. it's that's a good thing cuz yeah i mean you need support because you know uh one of the reasons i do my shows after being an agent for years it's like people you want to keep people writing and not worrying so much about who likes who likes them or not and that's why Vincent's YouTubes are so good because he just tells people just write you know don't worry about it don't worry about you know what the beta readers say and all of this because I'm not a fan yeah, of beta right. readers yeah. I just don't like it you know because beta That's, readers yeah. are they're going to direct you when they have never read a they've never written a book so this is not a beta good readers thing. can I mean, write I, their own let them write their own book I want to write my book the way I want it to. <laughs> right. right I I don't well, care what to, they, I don't care what they say. Right. No, to, yeah. I mean, just to just to just to circle back, circle the wagons back to the show's original premise. Um, I became a much better cook when I stopped <laughs> putting way too much crap in it and taking too long, and right. you know, throwing yeah. this in and too much oil and too much butter and all this sort of stuff. 
Um, and when I started, like, just simplifying it, cutting down half the time, yes, exactly. and just getting yeah. out, getting my original idea out there, I started doing much better. And it's the same with yeah. writing. Like, if you're going to, like, polish something for six months and go over it again and go over it again and go over it again and listen to beta readers and listen to workshops and all you're going to just kill it. You're going to, you're going to rub the uh, originality out of it. You're going to rub the luster out of it, whatever. But if you can train yourself to sort of edit as you go and boom, it's off the typewriter, it's it's basically done. And, and then you go to Heinlein's rules, like only edit if, if an editor says like, you know, you got to change this or this. Okay. By editor mandate. And I've been having much better luck with that. You know, like, basically, the draft you write is the draft that that goes out, you know? You know, it's almost like, uh, to to bring up something about uh, cooking, you know, Stanley Tucci with his show is coming back on. So Uh it's very interesting to see how many people love that show because it's... What show is that? ...for CNN. Uh, uh, Stanley Tucci is on CNN. He has a... He travels and cooks, you know, in different places. Oh, I did not know that. Okay, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, he's coming back on again. He kind of, did he replace like Tony Bourdain? Yeah, yeah, and he's coming back on. And and people were just glued to the set because he's such an interesting guy, but this is also, he's a good actor, but he's out there cooking, and that makes him a a whole different aspect of who he is, you know. Oh, I'll have to check it out. Thank you for that. Oh yeah, he's he's good. Did you ever watch it, uh, Dick? Did you ever watch it, Stanley Tucci? He's very good. I don't watch he's cooking go, shows. That's something I've not really been into. I don't either. I don't either. I absolutely. This is not really like a cooking show because he goes he, when yeah. he travels. He's just showing. Yeah, I don't watch cooking. Yeah. My friends do. I don't. You know, um, I, it's just not. I, I love Bourdain's shows. You know, they they were great. Yeah, right, and Stanley Tucci is doing them now. So you would probably like. It's just as interesting. He shows the backgrounds of everything, and it's. It's very good, you know. That's cool. Um, good, I'm glad I know. Yeah, I wanted to ask. Yeah, so, Dick, I wanted to ask you a question. Do you watch the? Do you watch Apple TV? Do you have Apple TV? That morning show? Do you yes. watch that? Yes. Yes. I I just got Apple TV. I mean, and I thought I I remember saying how good it was, and it I think it's a wonderful show. I think the acting is great. Do you like the show, morning show? On 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 what show? The the one with um, that's what I'm saying. Do you have do you have Apple TV? Yes. Okay, I just got that Apple. I, I added it to everything else. Which, which show? So, which show are we talking morning about? Morning show with Steve Carell. Steve oh, the Carell morning show. Yeah, that's that's really good. Um, that and Reese Witherspoon. How do you feel the, about uh, it being in the newsroom? Do you like that? Do you so you like that? Yeah. I no, I thought it was. Yeah, it's it's very. I look. The morning show is very similar to where I worked at NBC News. You know, when the Today Show and all that. So I, I yeah, yeah I totally related that. But the best show on Apple, by far the best, is. Uh, is um, uh, Ted Lasso. I mean, that's amazing. So if you yeah, haven't yeah, watched I just Ted Lasso, right. I, have to Ted do Lasso. I have not seen that. Yeah, I'm trying and, to get through Yellowstone. There's Yellow one on now called great. Severance, and if you haven't seen that, that's still on. That's amazing, too. So all three shows yeah, on Apple I gotta are Yeah, because that's new. TV. I knew. I just got Severance. They didn't have it. In, they didn't have it our um, Xfinity. We weren't able to get it. Now we can with that, you know. Uh like there's not enough channels between Hulu, Flick. Oh, I know. Peacock. I know. Yeah. I know. Oh, my God. You know, and I have, right. you know, and I really would like sometimes, that's why I just saw that movie, which called I'll Find You. Like I said, it was just a movie, you know, and because sometimes it's a big commitment to have like two seasons, 
you got to keep watching it because you start liking it and you keep watching it. But I do think that this is what people do now. And so we yeah. did a yep. good job with the show about cooking. We got all the way around cooking. See, look how that went. <laughs> yes, it was great. <laughs> it was great. And we Thank found out that, uh, that Vincent, uh, a good best point, cook with love and enjoy it. And, uh, you know. Yep. That's right. And we'll, you know, uh, both of you guys will be on next week. We'll talk about your books. And Fran, what's up for you? What's up for me? I have three shows next week. I have the author of African Vengeance, and I have um, somebody we all know and love, Lee Matthew Goldberg, on Wednesday. Hey, Lee. He's my buddy, too. And on Thursday, I have FBI agent Michael Tabman. And I am totally... I'm honored. I just got an email from Iris Johansson's publicist. We'll tell you the date. And I am I'm really, like, um, excited but nervous. On April 26th, she asked for the interview herself, Jane Ann Kranz, Amanda Quick. That's what's coming up. Nice. So, very nice. Yeah, that, that should be interesting. <laughs> so I don't know. Nice. And don't forget, to, don't forget to text the diner for your food. So actually, the only thing I'm allowed to do is go over to the Carrig and make coffee. That's it. That's my goal. Every morning I get up. That's not even making coffee, Fran. I mean, I do the same. I have Carrig coffee, too. And it works perfectly and it comes out great. And my husband thinks I'm the greatest coffee maker in the world because cooking is not a good thing for me, especially if I self-clean things or do worse. You have no idea. And well, right. I can't you cook, eat, you cook in other ways, Fran. You cook in other ways. That's right. I, I my my job like, is to, is to read like to this, and like, to do this. I, I just want to interrupt. How, how would I interview authors and read books if I had to cook? Interrupt my day. <laughs> it's five so o'clock here in New York, and uh, all this talk is making me hungry. So I'm going to go out and buy some food <laughs> and cook some. I'm all right, that's great. Me too. I'm gonna, all right. All right. Thank, thank, thank you all. Great thank seeing you, Dick. Take care. And all you guys and Marcia, thanks for having me. Bye bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.